Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Where there is praise, all fear dissipates in Jesus' name. Where there is gratitude, anxiety can no longer exist. Where there is worship, worry has to make its exit out of your life. So we're going to stand in this moment and we're going to praise the God of heaven. We're going to give Him glory. We're going to give Him honor. We're going to stand with grateful hearts and say thank you, Jesus. You are good. Your love endures to a thousand generations. And we praise you. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for your goodness. over Southwest Florida, over Venice, over Inglewood, over Northport, over Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Naples. We speak the name of Jesus. We declare there will be abundant life. We declare there will be blessing. We declare there will be hope. We declare there is a future. There is a promise because there is a name that is higher than every other name. There is a name that is stronger. There's a name that is greater. And we speak the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, Coast Life Church. Give Him praise in the room right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise for your goodness. We declare your goodness over our lives. We thank you that in your name there is peace. In your name there is hope. That in the name of Jesus right now, weight is being removed off of shoulders. The confidence for the future is coming. We thank you that you are healing. You're healing hearts right now in this room. We thank you that there's healing in your presence. God, we speak your goodness and we speak your grace over our lives and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on one more time. Give Jesus some praise. It's so good to see you. Before you're seated, would you just welcome all of our first-time guests? Say thank you for being with us today. So good to see you. You guys can be seated. This is a family service, and we'll be giving you some updates, but it's going to be a little rowdy in the room today. We got, we got kids in the room with us, and we're just going to have fun and I do want to share a a word with you uh, this weekend. Anybody thankful to be in church on a Sunday morning? 
I just got up this morning so grateful, so grateful to gather, so grateful to see all of your faces and just uh, trying to shake as many hands as I can and hug as many people as I can. It's just so special to get to, get to see you this weekend. And uh, I want to I want to get into the message for this weekend. We I was I was struggling on on what to say, what to do, and we had this collection planned over a year ago. And I was like, man, do do we do something different for this weekend, or do we just kind of launch into what? we had planned and I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead with this series because we're doing a, a study on the book of Esther. And I, I thought, why not just let the Bible guide us? Why not just let, let a book of the Bible like help us navigate this circumstance in this season. And I don't know if you know this, but if you need some hope and you need some wisdom, you pr- just pretty much open it and start reading. You're going to find something that's going to speak to your life. God's going to have the right word at the right time. If you need strength, if you need hope, if you need wisdom, if you need truth, come on, we just go to the word of God. We just open the Bible. We just start reading. And this book is a light to our path and it's a lamp to our feet and it's going to guide us into our future. And so this weekend we're kicking off a new collection called For Such a Time. And we're going to be looking at the book of Esther, and I'm going to get into that in just a moment, but I want to preach a message this weekend called The Blessing in the Battle. And I I don't know if you know it, but in every battle that you face in your life, God has a blessing in the middle of that battle. That you might be facing some things in your life, and I know so many of you are facing a battle for your life right now, but I just want to remind you that there is a blessing in every battle. And the battle may not be the blessing, but there is a blessing in the battle. And I want to just give you my my one statement summary of the book of Esther. And and if I had to just summarize the entire book in one statement, this is the statement I would give you. And that is sometimes you don't pick a fight. Sometimes a fight picks you. Sometimes you don't get to choose what it is that you're going to do. Sometimes you just get chosen. And you don't get to pick the fight that you're in, but you're in a fight. And today I'm talking to a a room full of people and those online. Many of us, we didn't choose to live through a historic and hopefully once in a generation (laughs) storm and all of the things and all of the damage and all of the fallout that comes from that. We, We didn't choose that. That just chose us. We didn't choose all the, all the physical realities of people who are displaced by the storm and all, all of the things that are going on, all of the, all of the emotional and, and mental things that we're walking through, by the way, and, and all of the concern for homes and roofs and all that. Can I also just advise you, take care of your heart. Watch your mind. Get some help care for your soul, care for your spirit. And we're dealing with very real things right now, stress and pressure, heartache and loss. There's the the spiritual realities of of trying to find faith and confidence in a season like this. how How do we find confidence? Many of you, I'm talking not even about the storm, many of you have personal struggles that you didn't choose. 
You, you didn't choose. And listen, I'm somebody who believes that we should take radical ownership of our lives. And sometimes our problems are the choices we've made. Amen, somebody. Sometimes it's just we, we, we weren't thinking right. We, we didn't choose. Our, and I, I believe we should take ownership of those things. So I'm not trying to pass the buck. But also at the same time, there's some things that come into our life. We didn't get to, we didn't get to pick that. We, we didn't get to choose the personal battles that we're facing. And right now, as, as the church, as a whole, we're experiencing, and I, I, don't, I don't want to be negative, but we're, we're not done. It's just the beginning of a continual battle over uh, accepted cultural truths that come out of the world against what we would describe as kingdom truths that come right out of the Bible. Like there, there's a culture clash, and it's not ending. It's just beginning. And we didn't choose that battle. We, we, we didn't ask for that battle. But I'll tell you this, for such a time as this, God has us on this earth. And God's word isn't our escape from the fight. It's our battle plan for the fight. I think sometimes we, we try to escape and I would just tell you that the Bible wasn't given to us so that it could help us avoid battles. It was given to us so that we would know how to fight our battles. So we would know how to go to war for what God has for our lives. And I love the Psalms. They're beautiful and poetic, but they're also powerful and strong. And David, in one of his songs, said this in Psalm 144, verse 1. He said, blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. In other words, God's not calling me from the battle. God's the one that equips me for the battle. He, he's the one that, that equips me. And somebody needs to remind yourself of what David reminded himself of, and that is God is our rock, that he is the rock of our salvation that he is the foundation and there is a foundation for every fight that you're in, in your life. And in every fight, there is a foundation. There, there's strength for your life. God is strengthening you. God is equipping you. God is training your hands for war, your fingers for battle. And I want to speak over your life today that whatever you're lacking, God is the one that is providing in your life. And I'll be honest, many, many times, I, come on, I'd rather skip the battle. Can I just sit this fight out? Can I, can I, can I skip out on this fight? But here, here's the reality is if I miss the fight, I miss the strength that God wanted to bring into my life. If I miss the fight, I miss the potential on the person I could have been because God uses the fight to bring fresh wisdom, to bring fresh faith, to bring fresh confidence, to bring a strength I didn't know I had, to bring something out of my life. And I just want to encourage you in this season, instead of weeping over what was lost, let's celebrate what is to come. There is another you on the other side of this. There's a stronger you on the other side 
of this. There's a you that has more faith in God, not less faith in God. There's a you that has an irrational trust in God. There's a you that believes that God can do miracles. There's a you that believes God can restore anything that's lost or broken. There's a God that can turn any circumstance around. That's the you that's on the other side of this fight. And God has not left you. And God has not abandoned you. And God has not forsaken you. He is training your hands for this moment. He's putting skill into your fingers that you never knew you had. That there is wisdom that is on the other side of this. There's knowledge that you never knew you needed that God is going to bring into your life. And there's a you that you didn't know that God's going to bring about in this fight. God is bringing a new you and new things into your life for such a time as this. And, and just a, a quick backstory. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just summarize the first two chapters of, of Esther. I'm going to pick up in, in chapter three. But if, if you've never read the book of Esther, uh, it begins with a, a king. His name is Xerxes and... Or, Ahasuerus, the, he has kind of, depending on which translation, he, he reigns over a vast, vast kingdom. The story picks up, he's, he's over the, the armies of the, the Medes and the Persians, and he reigns over just an, an incredible vast amount of territory. And he throws a, a colossal party for him and all of his, all of his leaders, all of his officials, uh, and they're, they're partying for days. Like it wasn't just like a little evening. They're, they're having a, a multi-day festival. And somewhere during that time, he calls for his queen Vashti to come. And, and, and people make all kinds of speculation. When the Bible doesn't make something clear, we just stick with what the Bible said, okay? Uh, but whether he, some people think he was asking her to do something, you know, inappropriate or... Uh, something he was just she just didn't want to show up what, whatever the reason was Vashti was like uh, I'm not feeling that right now and and it upset the king that she wouldn't come and make an appearance at his festival and he decides and with his they all gather around what to do with this situation and they decide that they need to get rid of Vashti and it's so amazing to me how when the world is just responding to things, God is always working. And in circumstances where we don't know God's working, God's always working. And it just sounds like a little marital spat between a king and a queen, but God is using this. And, and because Vashti is no longer the queen, there's a, there is a regional Miss Xerxes pageant that takes place to try to find out who the next beauty queen is going to be. And through the search, they find a young woman named Esther who had lost her parents. She was raised by an older cousin named Mordecai. He's a, he's a prominent figure in the, the story in the book of Esther. He's a faithful man, a godly man, a man of wisdom, a man of courage. And... Esther is chosen to be one that was a potential candidate. It takes a long time. And finally, Esther, because of the favor of God on her life, because of what God is doing through her, Esther is chosen to be the queen. And I love this because the world was focused on beauty and aesthetics. 
but God was helping establish purpose. The world's always looking for what's pretty. God's always working to establish his purpose. God was positioning her in the, in the right place. And Esther ends up being chosen as, as queen over this entire region and stands along Xerxes as king and queen. And, and the purpose of Esther's life, watch this, is not revealed through the beauty pageant and, and the royal position that she holds, the purpose isn't revealed until the battle begins. Like there, there's this whole, whole story of, of her, like, wow, that's God raised her up. God, God did this. God had favor on her life. Yeah, but none of that was the purpose until there was a battle that needed to be fought. And when the battle emerged, the purpose shows up. Because in, 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 she's the queen and that's the first two chapters. And then in Esther chapter three, our, our antagonist appears, a man named Haman. And, and Haman has a personal issue with Mordecai. But he doesn't just have an issue with Mordecai. He extends it to the entire Jewish population. And, and he begins to want to destroy an entire group of people. Esther chapter three, verses five through six. And then I'm going to read verse eight as well. And when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow down or pay homage to him, Haman was filled with fury. Watch this. There's a world that is angry when there's a church that won't bow down. <laughs> Can I say it again? There's a world that gets angry when there's a people that will not bow. When there's a people who won't lose their principles, when there's a people who won't lose their joy, when there's a people who won't match the culture of the world that we're in, but we just have an unshakable confidence and trust that there is a God of our salvation and we're not bowing to the culture, we're not bowing to the moment, we're standing on principles and we're standing on faith in a God. But watch this, he didn't just want Mordecai the Bible says, but he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone. So as they made known to him, the people of Mordecai, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. And verse eight says, then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people. I want you to notice that there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom their laws are different from those of every other people. Let's cancel them on Instagram. And they do not keep the king's laws. They don't do things the way that we do things. So that it is not the king's profit to tolerate them. This moment turns an entire region. Haman and his spirit turns an entire region against Esther and her people. The, the way the Jewish people survived, and I want to just give you a little bit of the end of the story. The way they survived the dispersion and the battle that they were facing was by keeping a national identity. That they, they never lost their distinctive and their identity of who they were. 
And listen to me, God's people thrive when there is an identity of distinction. We're not like everybody else. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. Paul said, go out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Now, we're, we're supposed to be a separate people, a, a distinct people. Peter said this. He said, you're, you're a peculiar people. You're, you're a special people. Jesus prayed when he taught us to pray. He said something so powerful in the first word of the Lord's prayer. He said, our father. It's significant that he didn't say my father. He said, our father. That God has a people on the earth today. And that people is a distinct people. And many of us are facing a battle right now. Many of us are facing some things that we're going through. And many of you have a battle from this hurricane. Many of you have a battle in personal things. And there is a battle for the church. And I just want to encourage you. It's really important that you understand this. That if you are in Christ, then you are in the family of God. If you're in Christ, you're in the family. And crisis creates clarity. It gives us clarity as to who's in the family of God. And this isn't the time to do life alone. This is the time to find a kingdom identity and find your part in the family of God. And realize you are not alone. You are not by yourself. That you're part of a family. And here's our battle plan. Number one is this, is we need to find an identity as the people of God. Listen to me. We thrive when we have a clear identity as God's chosen people. We, we lose, when we lose our identity into the culture of the world, we lose our strength and our purpose. When we just get mixed in with what everybody else is doing and everything that's going on, the, the church loses its potency and its power. Our purpose and our power is in a clear identity of who we are. And we have something more than just a personal identity. We have a corporate identity as the people of God. Amen. Deuteronomy says this, Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. The Bible says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. You're his treasured possession. God loves everybody, but he has a special love for those that are his own. God favors those that are his own. Those that are called according to his purpose and his plan, he'll work all things together for our good. If you're part of the family of God, you're a special possession and a part of God's treasure on the earth, the Bible says. And I, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around this. But I want you to understand this. God actually prioritizes his own people. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul said it this way. He says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Does God love everybody? Absolutely, God loves everybody. Does God prioritize those that are his own? Absolutely. Listen, I, I, I love kids. 
I, I want to see kids thrive and grow, be healthy, fulfill their calling and their purpose on the earth. I, I saw a couple of kids this week I hadn't seen since before the storm happened and my heart was filled with joy just to see them and gave them a big hug. But that's nothing compared to how much joy their parents have in them. Like it, it, my, my joy in them and my love for them pales in comparison to their parents. And I, I love kids. I, I want to I help kids thrive. But there's two kids I got a real particular interest in. There's two that I, I, I've got a little more attention in. Because I love all kids. But I'm responsible for my kids. There's a special love that God gave us to care for those that are our own, the part of our own family. And I just want to remind you, God loves all of his children, but there's a special love for the children that are his own. And I love sports and October is possibly the greatest month in all the year. We've got baseball playoffs. We've got football all weekend long. And I, I love all sports. I can sit down. I can sit down and get lost in pretty much any game that's on television. The school you've never heard of. Like, I, I, I can. I can pretty much. But come on, I, I've got a. There's teams I'm interested in. I want to see how they play. But I've got some teams that, by the way, I'm not a bandwagon guy. Whatever team you get assigned at birth, that's your team. If they suck, your team sucks. That's your lot in life. You pull for that team. Pretty much all my teams suck right now. That's my lot in life. But I've got a team. It's the team I support. It's the team that has my passion. It's the team that has my devotion. And I just want to remind you, God has a team. And somebody in this room needs to remind you, you are on God's team. That you are a part of God's family. And this is a family. This is a family that has something peculiar about it. It's not like anything else. Ephesians 5.25 says this, just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. And I want to remind you that Jesus laid down his life so you could be a part of the church, the family of God. And today you are on God's team and today you are in God's family. And I want to remind you, this is a team that always prevails and this is a family that always overcomes. You are a part of an overcoming family and you are a part of a team that is never going to fail and it's never going to lose because we have a God that is a champion. And I just want to remind somebody today, you are not alone. You are not isolated. You are not left up to your own circumstances. Today, you are a part of a generation and a legacy of faith that has faced every historic obstacle and has come out triumphant because 2,000 years ago, our Savior walked out of a grave on a third day. And I just want to remind you today that you are a part of something that is victorious, that you are a part of something that is overcoming, that you are a part of something that is triumphant, and together we are the family of God, and together we will overcome and triumph in Jesus' name. How, how did Esther and the people of God overcome vast 
and overwhelming opposition. Listen to me. They found a corporate identity as the people of God. It's really important. We were planning this message anyway, but even more now, it's important that you understand this. We really are better together. We really are stronger together. That you understand that we may cry together, but we're going to heal together in Jesus' name. We're going to... We, we may stand together in the loss, but we're also going to stand together as God puts every broken piece back together again. What's this? We're better together because we can battle together and advance the people of God and the plans and purposes of God. And I just want to remind you today that God loves his church, God loves his people, and God loves you today. And this week, we're resuming all of our groups, together groups, freedom groups, Financial Peace University. We've got some... We've got some special things that we're going to be doing for our children that we'll tell you about at the end of the service. But can I just encourage you, it's never wise to do life alone, but it is absolutely foolish to do it alone right now. Get arm in arm with some people who will battle for you, pray for you, stand with you, get you up off the floor when you're feeling down, when you're starting to think toxic thoughts. They'll get God's word into your life. Come on, Coast Life family, let's belong together so we can battle together so we can be better together. Let's find our identity right now. Come on, youth is back on Thursday night. Every student needs to be in the house of God. And the tendency is to just get acclimated into whatever's going on around us. And I just want to remind you, it's not a cliche. We are better together because when we gather together, we gather in a name that is above every other name. This isn't like every other group. This isn't every charitable organization. This is the church of Jesus Christ. And together we will conquer and we will prevail. The story, the story of Esther is ultimately a success story. It's a battle story, but it's a, it's a success story. It's the story of Esther and Mordecai and the people of God prevailing on the earth in their generation. And I just want to remind you, the people of God, we will prevail in our generation. It's a, it's a story of a group of people prevailing by having an identity built around being God's own people. But it's also about each of them individually finding their personal part in God's plan. And I want to encourage you this. Number two is just find your part in God's family. We, 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 we are God's family. But Esther was in the exact right place at the exact right time to do exactly what God had purposed her to do. Just before the, the storm was approaching and I had a friend call me and he said, I, I just thought about this. He said, but a long time before anybody knew there was going to be a, it's like 12 years before there was a hurricane, God knew there needed to be a Coast Life Church. And I never thought about it, that God, 12 years before this storm came up, God knew this community needed a church called Coast Life Church. So he started it, he breathed life on it, allowed it to grow. And then 
through another crisis, he allowed us to buy a building by faith. And for such a time as this, we had the perfect property at the perfect place to serve thousands and thousands of people this week. We were, we were perfectly positioned to play our part as God's own family, to fulfill God's plan on the earth today. And I think a lot of times we miss our part because we miss the purpose God has for us in the battle that we're going through. And one of the reasons we miss, we miss our part is because our part looks like a burden. And I, I think a burden is one of the most misunderstood things that we deal with in our time. If I, if, if I say burden, my guess is, and I could be wrong, but if I say burden, my guess is every person in this room probably has a negative connotation of the word burden. I, I, don't, I don't want to be a burden. You don't, you don't need to carry that burden. But there are some burdens you should lay down. But there's some burdens you should pick up. Because one of the things that might be missing from your life is a burden. Jesus never promised us we wouldn't have a burden. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 through 30, he said, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Watch this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He, he, didn't, he didn't say we wouldn't have a burden. He just said, you'll never carry a burden by yourself. I'll help you carry the burden that you're going to carry. I'm not going to put unnecessary weight on you. I'm not going to put restrictions that are unnecessary. And he's talking about the Pharisees who had restrictive and oppressive rules and laws. And he spoke against those burdens, but he never told us that there wouldn't be a burden. Because a burden is actually a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. An artist, when they see a picture in their mind of a painting they want to paint, that picture becomes a burden in them until they finally are able to put on canvas what it is that they see in their heart and their mind. An, an author will, will, will get a book burning in their heart. And it's, I, I've written one book, about eight people read it. But it was burning in my heart. And it's such, a, it's such a torturous thing to sit and write and write and write and write. It's a burden, but my goodness, what a blessing when the burden is laid down. What it, it's, it's incredible when, when, when the burden becomes something that is revealed. And Esther, being queen, became a purpose for her to carry the burden of God's people. To carry the burden of the people of God. The beauty of the crown became the burden of her people. The, the position that she was set in turned into something that wasn't just about her and wasn't just about the power and the prestige of living in a castle. No, God called her to take up the burden of her people. And I, and I want to reframe the idea of a burden from God would you take it from me? To God, would you give me a burden for what you're calling me to do? For what you're calling me to be a part of? Because a burden ain't bad. I grew up in a church that taught us 
God, I want to have a burden for the world that you've called me for. I want to have a burden for the things that you've called me for. Because can I just tell you this? The burden is a blessing. It's a blessing to have a burden. Being a husband is a responsibility. It's a responsibility. It's a burden that I carry. Being a father is a responsibility. It's a burden I carry. Being a pastor is a responsibility. It's a burden I carry. But can I tell you this? I wouldn't give up that burden for anything in the world. I, I wouldn't. You can't have my burden. You can't have my burden because if you took my burden, you would take away my blessing. And the blessing in the battle is God is bringing us into a calling and God is bringing us into a purpose. And you can't have this moment for such a time as this. God called me to Venice, Florida. For such a time as this, God planted us in this community. For such a time as this, God has called us to be the people of God. And you can't have my burden because my burden is my blessing. It's what's bringing fulfillment in my life for the people of God. Come on, stand with me all across this room. I want to encourage every person in this season, if you want to if you want to find a way to find fulfillment and that's just find your place. Ask God for a burden. God, help me. Help me carry the church. God, help me carry my family. God, give me a burden for the loss. God, give me a burden for the hurting. Now, I don't want anybody to take it. Don't, don't take my burden, because if you take my burden, you'll take my blessing. This is what God is using to bless my life. My, my burden is my blessing. It's what's bringing fulfillment. It's what's bringing joy. It's what's bringing, it revives my hope. It revives my peace. And I just want to remind you today that we are better together because we can battle together. And it's the burden that actually gives you a place to find your strength in God's family. And we've taught a generation that they need to find themselves. And we forgot to tell them the way you find yourself is to lose yourself. To lose yourself in God's great plan and God's great purpose. And today, come on, we stand together carrying the burden of God's people, of God's plan and God's purpose. And I just want to remind you today that favor is on this family, that you are standing in a place that is favored by God. And alone we may be vulnerable, but together we are the church. And together, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray over every person. I pray that there would be strength, not, not just their strength, but this is the blessing in the battle. That you are bringing new strength, new courage, new hope, new faith. You're bringing an ability to believe like we've never believed before. You're bringing an ability to trust like we've never trusted before. You're bringing revelation from your word that it's always been there, but our eyes have never been able to see it until we hit these circumstances. And now that we hit these circumstances, your word is going to come alive in our hearts and in our minds. Today, purpose is going to be revealed. It's the blessing in the battle. Today, you're going you're to guide somebody's feet. You're going to guide their lives to find a greater purpose. Today, I just want to remind somebody they're a part of the family of God. That you take care of your own. That you love your people. That you're for your people, not against them. 
that today you watch over your children as a, as a good father. You watch over us. You care for us. And I pray strength in every person. I pray that today, that not only would we stand together, but I pray as a church, we would realize that we stand historically as a part of a family of God. And there is a foundation in this fight. We are built on the apostles, the prophets. But mostly we're built on Jesus Christ, our chief cornerstone. And our faith will never be shaken because we have an unshakable foundation in Jesus' name. Come on, would you give God a praise in this room? All across this room. Today, today, I just want to let somebody know that God wants to include you in his family. That the way that we become a part of the family of God is that we receive Jesus Christ. Because if you're in Christ, you're in the family of God. And if you're not a part of, of God's own family, the way that happens is just simply through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity today to, to pray a prayer, to begin a relationship with Jesus, to find your place, to find your hope, to find your peace, to find your foundation in Christ alone. Come on all across this room. I'm going to lead us in a prayer for those that need to begin a relationship with Jesus. Maybe, maybe you're away from the family. Maybe you're... You're a story like the prodigal son who you've walked away from home. And I just want to remind you that there's, there's still a place for you in the family of God. There's still a place for you. That the, the father isn't running from you. The father is running to you. And God wants to bring you into his family today. And I believe, I believe the Holy Spirit is moving through this moment. That what you feel on the inside, in your heart, in your belly. That's the, that's the presence of the living God saying, I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. And today, I want to just lead us in a prayer as you, as you receive Christ. I believe you're becoming a part of a family. You're finding a foundation of faith. Come on, all across this room, would you say this prayer with me for those that are saying it for the first time or a recommitment to Jesus? Would you just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin. Make me a new person. Today I receive you as my leader and my Lord. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Hey, if that was you and today you're making the decision. I want to be a part of God's family. I, I, I want to begin a relationship, recommit to a relationship with Jesus. And today I'm a child of God. If you want to make that declaration today, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, would you just shoot your hand up? We want to celebrate. We want to honor. We want to congratulate in this moment. You ready, Coast Life family? I believe this is somebody's day of new beginnings. Here we go. On the count of three, one, Two, come on, if that was you, three, would you just shoot your hand in the air and say, Today is my day. Come on, lift it up, lift it up. Today I begin a relationship with Jesus. Today I'm putting my life on a firm foundation. Come on, anybody else? I, I'm going to wait just a minute. Come on, this is somebody's decision day. 
This is somebody's day to decide. I want an eternal family. Come on, let's give them a great hand. Say welcome to the family of God. Hey, thank you for joining us, and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible, and you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening, and God bless you.